Well, here we are, 12 and a half minutes past 7 o'clock on the 31st day of October. It's going to be a cloudy day with occasional rain. Some rain might be a little heavier in your area, but uh, for the most part, it'll be light rain and should move out by this afternoon with a high temperature in the middle 50s today. Winds will be southeasterly, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Presently, 43 at O'Hare, 43 at Midway, 45 at the lakefront. Relative humidity, 82%. Winds out of the east at 10 miles per hour. That's the way it looks. A cloudy day. One of those keep dry days, so wear a jacket to school. We'll check with you later. Right now, 13 minutes past 7 o'clock. We'll be right back. Boy, Tony, your balloon's a gas. More important, it's a great way to transport the secret formula for Kellogg's Sugar Frosted Flake Cereal. I spotted the tires, sir. Quick, after the formula. <laughs> the formula makes them a delicious part of this nutritious breakfast. The secret taste of Frosted Flakes makes Tony say... They're great! Think they learned their lesson, Tony? I'd say they got the point. <laughs> Most marbles with your hippo. Playing hungry, hungry hippos. Hooray! Hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos is the name of the game. And whosoever hippo gets the most marbles wins. Playing hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos. Hungry, hungry hippos from Hasbro. Ready? playing Stuff Your Face, the funny, frantic, marble-grabbing game from Milton Bradley. Each player works a pair of puppet hands to grab up marbles and stuff them in his puppet's face. The action's fast and furious, and whoever stuffs the most marbles wins the game. Stuff Your Face, from Milton Bradley. Some assembly required. It's my turn to operate. Operate? It's Operation the Wacky Doctor's Here's Game. Battery's not included. Take out his spare ribs for $100. Oh, you'll never do that. Don't touch the sides. Here goes his funny bone. You need a very steady hand. I did it. I get $200. May I play? Operation. A Milton Bradley game. Why must I just give you 
She didn't get a thing. Crap. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> Was that you? Good job. Oh, you're after Brianna? Okay. You did not marry me for bowling. You're right, because I wouldn't have. Is it me? Okay. my first game to get Your back. Your mom says your shirt might be, you know. You, you, oh. you should take off the shirt. Uh, I'll be fine. another. Turn to see 
What? may be in trouble. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? All right. We're getting ready to lose a bet. We got money involved with this game. You're betting on the game? Yeah. Me and Dad versus those two. And we gave them 125 pence. <laughs> Why'd you give them any pence? Why'd you give them pence? They're not very good. <laughs> so we got a bet going on between those two guys over there. Me and Dad and those guys. So we gave them 125 pence. So if they win, it's your fault. Yeah. Maybe 50 pins. Wow. And the worst version of the song. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, at least I got nine. At least <laughs> How's your brother and sister doing? No idea. I don't think I don't think mine's here. I had a large that was orange and there isn't one here. So you go ahead and use that. I think that was yours. What? That that's not My fingers won't fit in any of them. That one was a spinner. I don't know where. Just, I had an orange that was uh, large. There isn't one here. I don't know. I don't know. Find a different one. Find a different one. I don't know what happened to it. It was. What? Twelve. There's a 14. This will work. Okay. Jackie got eight. She did? Sweet. It's really cute because Devin was showing her how to do the two hole properly. Yeah. So she like went perfectly in two holes and then she puts it down into that. <laughs> I if nothing. I decide to play right, I'll let you know. Wow. Fred's good. Ladies and gentlemen, 
church book. I can't really describe it. You'll just have to see it. I saw that book she made down the house last night, illustrated by Jackie. Something like that, yeah. What? Her, Jackie's book that she's making about church. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's me. She likes church a lot. She made a book now. That'll be a fluke, I'm sure. Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> 
first time she bowls without bumpers. It's a big part of her strategy. She might, she might get up spare. He got a strong a spare.
they said the F word, but it's Christian.
redeemed yourself. I still have to get up there again. <laughs>
Farkle. Since 1942 and before, Farkle has been an international institution known worldwide for its endurance, reliability, celery smell, and freshness in the face of adversity, mold, concrete, Dostoevsky, ready-made pie crust, tackle box, and reducing swelling in children ages 14 to 86. Farkle was history in the making. Why, even Farkle's late creator, the late creator of Farkle, used to say... I forgot what I was going to say. It was quite funny, though. An amusing anecdote. Yes, as our American boys marched off to war, marching over land, marching overseas, and marching in the air, Farkle and Farkle commercials kept their spirits alive and sparkling clean. Why, here's an old Farkle commercial from the old days of black and white right here. Yes, friends, the year is 1942 and before. Adolphus Hitler and his mighty army of nasties are rising up, and Farkle is cheaper than ever. Buy it today and save a lot of hassle. And now, frozen in this block of ice, is the creator of Parkle himself. Would you say a few words for us here today? Now, right this moment, here's the microphone. Here, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. It was quite funny, though. An amusing anecdote. As most of you know by now, Farkle is the best. Keep one in the icebox to prevent freezer burn. It's not only the leading brand in blind taste tests, but deaf people really like it, too. Great for those embarrassing carpet stains. Perfect onion flowers every time. Just Farkle and forget it. Keep one in the icebox to prevent freezer burn. So long, Mr. Pizza Face. Later. Farkle, you'll never have to say chronic halitosis again. Comes with hooks, always flaky, never dry. And I don't even have kids. Keep one in the icebox to prevent freezer burn. But enough about Farkle. Let's see what our celebrity spokesfigment John John the Leprechaun has to say about Farkle. I'm John John the Leprechaun. Top of the morning to ye and your kin. Why, when it comes to Farkle, I've only one regret. And that's that I've but one Farkle to give for me country. However, in lieu of giving up me Farkle, I'm gonna shoot myself out of this big humongous cannon. If this were a television commercial, you'd be able to see some fine print right now that reads Highly paid spokespeople for Farkle, members of the Actors Guild. And now, here are some completely unpaid random people like you and your mother who just love Farkle. Yar! Twenty years ago, the great white Farkle took my leg in a mighty struggle. In a morbidly ironic twist, though, I've used nothing but Farkle and Farkle products to upkeep my new pig leg. Yar! Thank ye, Farkle. Farkle is the best thing that I ever tasted. It's better than water, and it's better than glue. I love Farkle. I spread it all over my body. Just take a look here. That was nice. Farkle is the best. My house is made of Farkle. Automobile beef transistor. And now, here's some unedited testimony from Mr. P. Willikins from Nova Scotia. Recently, my dog Flowers died. But you know what? I keep him in my fridge. But now, thanks to Farkle and Farkle Byproducts. What better way to preserve old flowers? I really love my dog. And we're all very, 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 very sad. And you know what? It's gone, folks. My dog, it's gone. I like my dog, but now it's gone, folks. My dog, it's gone. I can keep him preserved as ever. And I would hate to see him go. Well, thanks to Farkle, my dog can save all the space I like. And to tell you the truth, I really love Farkle. Farkle! You can live without it, but why would you want to? Chuck those old records, clean out your cattle brands, and make the bed for... Farkle! <laughs> I mean, Farkle. 
Some restrictions may apply. Supplies are limited. Please allow 68 weeks for delivery. Sold by weight, not by shoe size. Do not overinflate. Lift Farkle with your back, not with your legs. Some sizes, shapes, colors, flavors, dimensions may have settled during delivery. Farkle is not to be used as a flotation device. Farkle may cause irregular bowel movements accompanied by oily discharge and an inability to control them. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. See your doctor if you're sick. A termite walks into a bar and says, "Is the bartender here?" Do not fold, spindle, or mutilate unless prompted by the proper authorities. Direct misuse of Farkle constitutes a direct misuse of Farkle. I think your mother's calling you. 250% of the proceeds from the sale of Farkle go to the Help Save the President of Farkle Industries Fund. Have your pets spayed or neutered or both or neither or one or the other or don't do either if you don't want to or if you're not sure whether you have a pet. Some restrictions may apply. Visit our website at www.dibbly-dibbly-dibbly-ding-dang.org.farkle.dibbly-doo-dog-dappity-pongo-mcmong.com. And they all lived happily ever after. The end.
everybody. Here we are all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. I wonder how many of our listeners are using the Horlicks breakfast plan. You know the one I mean, the Horlicks malted milk, hot or cold, in the place of tea or milk or coffee. Besides being a delicious welcome change, Horlicks makes a fine, healthful beverage for the whole family. A valuable addition to the diet. A cupful of Horlicks often supplies all the nourishment that one wants for breakfast. That's because of the vitamins and minerals this famous food drink contains. In addition, Horlicks is so much easier to digest that it keeps you feeling fit and alert all day. If you haven't any Horlicks in the house, get a package from your druggist and serve Horlicks for breakfast tomorrow. You have a choice, you know, of two flavors, either natural or chocolate. And now, let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. Since Lum uncovered the evidence that won the lawsuit Squire Skimp brought against them, he has decided he's quite a legal mind. In fact, he plans to open up a law office in Pine Ridge and has found a client already. Yesterday, upon learning that a horse had broken into Miss, Mrs. Luther Phillips's garden, he advised her to bring suit for damages against the owner only to learn later that it was his own horse. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum down at the Jotham Down store, seated at his desk, completely surrounded with law books. Abner is just entering. Listen. Now, where are you been? Oh, I just over to the picture sofa, me and Cedric. Have you and Cedric been running them pictures again just for yourselves? Or no, what? we ain't been running a picture. Uh, just writing on the blackboard out in front what we're going to have at the show tonight. Well, I wrote it on there myself last night. Yeah, I know, but the rain washed it off, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the rain. Yeah. Did Cedric get the show trip out good? Yeah, yeah, it's already. He uh, went over to the blacksmith shop to help his paw for a while. Uh-huh. I, I seen Squire Skimp just now, Lom. Well, <laughs> I ain't saw Squire since his trial Friday. What do you have to say? Nothing. He never even spoke. Just walked right by me. I said, howdy, squire. And he just ignored me. <laughs> still mad about losing that lawsuit, I reckon. Yeah, well, he's still making his brag. Says he's going to get even with it. Yeah, Mose Moose was telling me he was in the barbershop yesterday saying he weren't done with us yet. Well, he, he can't turn around and sue us again now, can he? Oh, no. No, the case has done been sold out of court. Yeah. He's just talking. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it looks like he'd have learned by this time. He's up again a couple of fellas. It's just a little too smart for him. Or one of us, anyway. One of us? Yeah. Well, now, you're just as smart as far as too long. You're just too modest about bragging on yourself. Well, I wasn't. I never married nothing. No, say, it just looks like that we've got Squire headed off anyway time. Yeah, he used to always get the best of it. Yeah. I'm just now catching on how to handle that fella. I bet he is aggravated over the way that trial come out. Here, just the day before the trial, we was trying to give him a third interest in the picture show to settle the case out of court, and he wouldn't do it. No, no, he thought he had the same one. Yeah. <laughs> he never stopped to think what a terrible hand I was when it comes to the law matters of it. No. Are you still aiming on opening up your law office? Well, I don't know. I about just decided to stick to the picture show and the store business. Yeah. What you got all them law books out there on the desk for them? Oh, I'm just looking up some statutes here. Looks like I sort of got myself into it. Just advising Miss Phillips to bring suit again on her that horse that broke into her garden. 
Has she found out that it was your horse yet? No, and she ain't going to neither if I can help it. What I'm trying to do now is study up how I can talk her out of bringing suit. Yeah. yeah. I spent 15 minutes yesterday afternoon talking her into it. Now I've got to get out of it somewhere. Well, I'd just call her up and tell her that it was your horse and you can't bring suit again yourself on him. She'll understand that. That's the trouble. I'm sure she will understand that. Oh. You'll have to turn it over to some other lawyer and he'll bring suit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, she's aiming on getting a lot of money out of it all right for... When I went over there after the horse yesterday afternoon, why, she said she was glad that it broke in. And Mr. Edwards is going to collect a lot more damages than the stuff was worth for her. Yeah, I ought to have found out whose horse it was before our subject could bring him suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you talked her right into it yourself, Lon. She'd have never thought about it if you hadn't brought it up. What all did I tell her she could sue him for? Oh, Lord, me, I don't recollect what all you did say. Violating the stock law and... Salt and batteries, cause a horse kicked at her, you know. Mm. Said you could make them pay for all the damage that he done to her garden, make them build her a new fence. Oh, my goodness. I don't know Did why. I say all them things, sure enough? Yeah, you sure did, Lom. I sat right here and listened to you. I'm too good a lawyer, you know it. Too good. Yeah, that's my trouble. I study up too many charges to get a man on. Take the average lawyer, he wouldn't have thought of nothing except maybe violating a stock law or something like that. No. Been satisfied with it. Yeah. That's why I say I've got a sure enough legal mind. Here I've got enough charges to my I send myself to the penitentiary for the rest of my life. Unless I can talk her out of it. Well, why don't you just swap the horse off before she finds out who it belongs to? I don't think that'd do no good. She'd know the horse if she seen it. And she ever seen somebody driving him down the street, why well, she'd more likely jump on them about it. Yeah. Then they'd tell her where they got him at. Natural, natural. I think I'll just telephone her up and tell her I looked up the law on it and I advise her not to bring suit. Tell her she ain't got no grounds for a case. <laughs> she ought to take her own lawyer's advice, or Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a good way out of it. Why don't you just call her, Lom? That's a good idea. She ain't hurt nothing, no one. Why, no. Now, what's her ring? Uh, I believe it's uh, three shorts. I ain't for sure, Lom, but I believe that's what it is. Try that anyway. It's a good thing that Luther never got home before I took that horse away from her. He'd have known who it belonged to. Yeah, I would have been a goner sure enough if he'd ever put Hello? Miss Phillips? Well, I weren't for sure whether this was your ring or not. This is Lum Edwards, your lawyer. Yes, Mom. Why, I called you up about that case. I've been looking up the statutes on that. Uh, statute. The law. Yes, Mom, and I can't see where you can sue a man for something his horse done. And, of course, it wouldn't do no good to sue the horse. Oh, he ain't got nothing. Now, if it had been me that, I mean, if it had uh, been the owner of the horse that broke in and had up your garden, we'd have it. Oh, no, man, he's You're sure it was the horse, ain't you? Uh-huh. I know, I went after him, Mom, I know it was the horse. Well, my advice to you as your counsel is to just draft the charges. Well, I've looked up the law careful, and I can't see no grounds for divorce or suit. Well, I'd rather just turn down the case altogether and to take something to court that way that I know we ain't got a chance to win. Uh, you'll do what? By the way, Well, I don't think that'd do no good. I can handle it just as good as any other lawyer for his head goes, but well, you're just wasting your time, I can tell you that. Well, now, when I said yesterday not to let nobody talk you out of it, I never meant me. I meant anybody else. 
Well, of course, I can't keep you from it, but it... Hello? Hello? Hmm. Now I got myself into it. What's the matter? There's a stubbornness one woman I ever seen in my life. How Luther puts up with her is more than I can see. Hey, what'd she say, Lon? Why, she's going to hire some other lawyer to handle a case for her. Oh, my goodness, Lon, you air into it now, so enough. You've got huh? to head her off before she finds out whose horse that was. We have. Well, we just get out here in the road and stop her when she comes by, then. That's I all. ain't talking about that kind of heading off. Oh. Well, you've got to help me out of this. Come here and call her up and tell her you know who the horse belongs to and you don't think she ought to bring suit. Tell her that I know who the horse belongs to. Yeah, but don't tell her who. Well, what does she ask me? Just make out like you don't care. Well, now, Lom, I don't want to get mixed up in this thing. You ain't going to get mixed up in it. All you got to do is just tell her you know the owner of the horse and tell her what a fine man he is, upright and honest in all his dealings, and does right for his feller man. And well, I thought the horse belonged to you. It does. That's who I'm talking about. Oh. Oh, you, you just want me to tell her all that so that it'll sort of throw her off a track to where she can't guess who it is, huh? No. Just tell her that and hurry up before she gets hold of another lawyer. Here, I'll ring it for you. Three shorts. Here, take the receiver. Hello? Miss Phillip? Wait a minute. She ain't there yet. Oh. Danny, this has learned me a lesson, all right. If all lawyers had the charges brung again themselves as they try to get their clients to bring again somebody else, it'd put a stop to our heap of this lawsuit, didn't it? Yeah. She said hello, Ron. Well, go ahead and talk to her. Hello? Hello? She just keeps saying hello. Well, ask her what she wants, or ask her if it's Miss Phillip. Well, I know that's who it is. I know her voice. Well, say something to her then before she hangs up the receiver. Go ahead and tell her about this man that owns the horse. What a fine man he is. Hello, uh, Miss Phillip. Uh, this here is Abner Peabody. Yes, Mom. Well, I just thought I'd call you up and, and tell you that I know that fella that broke in your garden yesterday. I mean, I know the fella that owned that horse that broke in there. Oh, for goodness. Yes, Mom. Well, he's an awful fine man. Yes. Upright and honest and all that stuff. Mom, you know old man ain't going to help your garden none, but he want me to call you up and tell you that. Tell her I'm married and got a big family depending on me, and if she sues me, my poor little children will have to go hungry. Yeah, well, I'm said to tell you he's married now and got a big family of children depending on me. Don't tell her it's me. Tell her I'm, for goodness sake. Tell who it is married, Mom. Nobody. Wait a minute. Huh? For goodness sake. Wait a minute. Lana's changed his mind about it. Says now he ain't married, Oh, Ms. for Phillip. goodness sake. Give me that receiver. Oh, I told you what Hello, Miss Phillips. This is your attorney again. Mom? Well, I don't know what he's talking about, neither. I think he's out of his head. He has spells, you know. I don't know. Yes, Mom, might be the son. Well, I had a long talk with the man that horse belongs to, and I believe I've got him scared into settling this case out of court. Well, he never said for sure, but I believe he's willing to pay for what the horse is. Oh. Well, I don't know. I never had no idea the horse done that much damage. I believe I can get him to pay you $10 cash, though, if you want to settle for that. Well, all right, fine. I'll mail you my check. I'll send you over the money this afternoon, then. All right, Miss Phillips. Not at all. Goodbye. How is that for you in psychology? You mean that you're going to give her $10 just for what little back of vegetables that horse ate up? Well, it ain't going to cost me nothing. I'm going to send her $10, all right, get her to sign a release, but I'm going to send her a bill for $10 for handling the case for her. <laughs> Container fee. 
I'll break even anyway. And from here out, somebody else can handle the law matters here in Pine Ridge. I'm through with it. And another of Lum's air castles comes tumbling down. And now, here's something special for all the young folks who listen to Lum and Abner. Next time you have friends in, ask Mother to give them a real treat by serving Horlicks malted milk. Horlicks is just the thing for parties. You can serve it cold, you know, cool and refreshing. All Mother has to do to mix the powder thoroughly with water or milk, and then put it in the refrigerator, ready for the evening. It won't take her but a minute to mix up a pitcherful and say how your friends will go for Horlicks. Tell Mother she can get a package at the drugstore in either natural or chocolate flavor, whichever you prefer. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all goodbye until tomorrow at this same time.
Bye, Bob. Heading into work late today. I have to work late tonight. So I'm changing up everything. Kind of chilly this morning still. It's like 9, almost 9.30. And it's uh, still not 50 degrees outside, which is... uh, chilly for this time of year. We still haven't uh, broken through to our normal winter to summer, so we're still hanging in the uh, in the uh, sprinter or uh, something like that. It's winter. That's from Phineas and Ferb. You know, it's winter. I don't know if you guys, uh, anybody out there watches Phineas and Ferb, but it's a 
Disney Channel cartoon that my kids watch, and it's very funny, very clever, clever cartoon. It's, uh, it's you know, we had uh, cartoons, you had classic cartoons like Bugs Bunny, go all the way back into the 30s and 40s, you know, kind of the dawn of the uh, shorts and all that kind of stuff, and the heyday, I guess, of the shorts. And made their transition into I'm driving too fast too. Made their transition into being on television, and then uh, so you had you know then the Hanna Barbera cartoons of the '60s and '70s, which were kind of crappy, but beloved like Scooby Doo. Um, and then in the '80s, you basically had the toy commercials, which were only slightly better. Than Hanna Barbera, but were obviously commercials for toys. <laughs> uh, and then I didn't really watch a lot of cartoons in the '90s. The only thing I remember about the '90s, uh, I guess you could look at that as the uh, advent of the uh, adult cartoon. I remember watching Ren and Stimpy in the '90s. Stimpy, you idiot! Well, gee, Ren. So. And now we're uh, in the 2000s, um, and, and we're still kind of in the holdover. This is like Phineas and Ferb started, I think, in, uh, you know, started in the 2000s. So now you have the, uh, what I'll call the corporate cartoon, which is all the Disney Channel cartoons and the Nickelodeon cartoons. And, and there's not like the, uh, they're all network-based stuff. I mean, it used to be... You know, you had uh, Filmation and Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers and all these different places making cartoons that would air, you know, all over the place on different, uh, on different networks and whatnot. And now you kind of just have the ones that, you know, Nickelodeon makes their cartoons, Disney makes their cartoons. And then Disney has the uh, added bonus to push them onto ABC and Nickelodeon onto CBS, I guess, because they're owned by the same companies. So it's a real difference in cartoons. I really wasn't planning on talking about cartoons this morning, but uh, I really had no plan. But it just seemed like a good segue off of Phineas and Ferb. I really like though. I, I think I, uh, you know, I grew up on the uh, Hanna Barbera stuff, you know, uh, Scooby Doo and and Speed Buggy and uh, and the the Chan Clan, <laughs> and of course, you know, everybody. It's it's uh, multi generational. Grew up on the Warner Brothers cartoons and. Uh, and all that kind of stuff, and it was only on Saturdays. There wasn't cartoons every day, you know, all day, like the Cartoon Network, which they make their own cartoons, by the way. You know, and then, uh, but that's the kind of stuff I grew up on. It's, uh, and then the um, uh, the foreign cartoons, so like Inspector Ga- Gadget and uh, things like that that were made overseas more than they were made here and so they're a little bit different or um, 
uh, what was the name of that? Shoot. Uh, I was going to say Thunderbirds. Well, that's Marionation. That's not cartoons. It's not Thunderbirds. It was, uh, oh, like Voltron. And uh, there was one with a bunch of kids, and they wore these bird-looking masks. And I can't remember the name of the darn thing. What was it? Uh, it wasn't Voltron. They weren't in Voltron, I don't think. But it was like, it was, you know, Japanese cartoons, like Speed Racer. So that was 60s, but, you know. I didn't watch Speed Racer when it was new. I watched it when I was really old. I'm trying to think of the name of that. Uh, name of that cartoon with the kids and the visors and they would all fly around and stuff. Anyway. You guys might remember that. You can write it down. Put it in the comments or something. Send me a note. Uh, if you can remember that. But I can remember getting up early on Saturday morning watching Davy and Goliath, which was the Lutheran Church stop-motion thing, Gumby-esque show where Davy would always learn a lesson from Goliath, basically. The the dog teaching the human. You know, you put the spin on it. Normally you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? It's the dog teaching the human. I don't know, Davy. Maybe we shouldn't break out the windows. Come on, Goliath. Don't be a pussy. So, I would start with that, and I'd work my way through, and I remember they pretty well ended by 11 or 11.30 or somewhere around in there, at least where I lived. I did not have cable growing up. Uh, There was no cable available uh, where I lived at. I lived out in the country and uh, there was no cable until um, I was in college, I think. <laughs> so, but, um, so we just had the, the networks, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS. We didn't even have an independent channel until I got in high school, and then we finally got an independent channel. And when an independent channel came on, that's when we kind of got some cartoons in the afternoon. WRSP, 55. But uh, that was in high school, so growing up, though, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, For cartoons other than on... uh, you know, I guess they had Flintstones in the evening sometime. I don't remember. Um, but just Saturday morning, so I would watch cartoons from like 6 o'clock until noon. Uh, it was just wall-to-wall cartoons. What a great childhood, I'd say. I probably should have been doing more, but, uh, you know, what the hey. I enjoyed it. I just think about my kids now with the TiVo and uh, everything on demand, and we have Netflix, and uh, and they basically, uh, well, my son has never not watched what he wanted to watch. 
my daughter, who's a little bit older, we didn't have the TiVo wasn't out yet, or we didn't have one at least. Um, but whenever she was younger, even uh, you know DVDs are coming on, so we got some of those. But we also had tapes, and I would record um, shows for her, and she could watch, you know, those shows whenever we put them on for her later in the day or whatever. So she always had a supply of uh, whatever she wanted to watch because, uh, you know, I did that. That makes me think about, I mean, we're going from cartoons now to, to money, I guess. I was just thinking, as I was saying that, I was just thinking, boy, think of all the money that uh, <laughs> I've spent on cable and uh, these things over the years now. I'm like, it's, it actually probably isn't that much, but let's do, oh shit, there's tires all over the road. Some truck tire exploded and left pieces everywhere. Um, so let's see, let's say we pay, let's just be conservative and say we pay 50 bucks a month, uh, for, for cable over the last, we'll just do it within my kids' lifetimes, we'll say the last 12 years, so it'd be 50, it'd be 500, 600 for a year, Times twelve would be six, seven thousand two hundred dollars. Holy shit! Seven thousand two hundred dollars. Look at that. Now, actually, it's not quite as much as I thought it was going to be. Did I do that right? Maybe I didn't do that. Ten years would be down. Six thousand. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's 12 years. If not, it's close enough. Now, granted, the $50 a month is probably too low now and too high 10 years ago, but I'm just guessing it averages out to about that. But that was $7,200 over the course of those 12 years. That's a lot of cash. But it's not as much as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be over 10000 just, uh... Kind of weird to think about that. Thinking, wow, what would I do with that $7,200 if I had it today? Rather than, was it worth all the time there? Was it worth the uh, entertainment? Did I get $7,200 worth of entertainment value out of 12 years of cable? That's a tough question. Whenever I'm sitting here right now, I would say no. But if I think about it, I probably did. It probably was a decent value. If I I look at it from a purely, you know, was I entertained that time? Yeah, I'd probably say yeah, I was probably entertained. I love television, so... It was entertaining. 
But I'm sure there's a lot of things in your life if you sat there and said, if I added up, you know, all the soda I drank, <laughs> was it really worth it? Nah. <laughs> I'm terrible. I will always say, um, I love to watch movies and television, and so I uh, I talk to folks, you know, and I'll... Uh, They'll say, well, what did you think of that? And my answer is inevitably that I liked it, but it was too long. <laughs> I can't think of a movie that I've watched in recent times where I w wouldn't say, you know what, it was a little too long. I could have shortened it up by about 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> That's always the case. I don't know why. I think with movies and stuff, they're always trying to hit that magic 90 because that's what is becomes the, uh, you know, uh, value mark. You know, people feel like they're getting their money's worth if they see a 90-minute movie or something or a two-hour movie, somewhere, somewhere between 90 minutes and two hours. And so if you go, holy moly, the truck was going to come over on me, I thought. If you go under that or over that, you know, it's it's that's kind of the sweet spot for people watching movies. And so they'll feel like they got their money's worth because they were, you know, entertained for 90 minutes. And uh, it, it becomes worth it. Even if it was a crap movie, at least, hey, you got your 90 minutes worth. There's, there's a really weird... Um, a really weird connect with people and time we really equate time to value so much I don't know why there is a, a you know it's it's stupid I mean I always think about uh, you know I've, I've had my job for a number of years now and uh, and so if, and I don't have like an assembly type job, but I can imagine, I did have, uh, you know, when I was younger, I did work at the United Parcel Service, and so that was really quite a grinding assembly type job. But the funny thing was, um, about any job is, you know, the longer you're there, the easier it gets on you um, to do it because you're so tuned into doing it. But they still want you to perform for a certain amount of time. So essentially you just do more work or whatever. Um, you know, it, it really is a weird dynamic like that where it's like, well, if you can get, if you can give a job to me that would take a normal person eight hours to do, let's say, and I can do it in four and a half, right? Well, why do I only get paid for four and a half? Why can't I get paid for the full eight? Because that's what it's going to take your average person to do it. Just because I'm better doesn't mean I should be, you know, not paid the wage just because it takes less time. Some things that works out on, but most things it doesn't. Everybody has this thing about time. I always, uh, you know, I'm going in late today because I'm working late later tonight. But... Uh, um, 
if, you know, they'd be just as happy if I came in early and worked all day, but I have to kind of draw some lines, I guess. But I don't understand what that, that time thing is. There's a, such, a, such a, I guess it's because it's measurable, whereas uh, you have a harder time measuring on abilities from person to person or, or job to job and so forth. You know, there might be something that takes me longer than it does somebody else. And so the only thing they can measure on is time. I remember uh, working at UPS. I'm trying to remember the stats, but the deal was when you were unloading, they would time you. There would be a guy with a stopwatch standing there. Um timing you to see now sometimes they would do it openly where they'd actually be standing there right next to you and sometimes they would do it stealthily where they would be uh, you know kind of hiding around somewhere watching you but they would time you and say you know you need to be doing uh, X number of boxes a minute out of this truck And uh, there was so much time-based stuff. I remember it was so frustrating uh, to me, you know, being the worker. It's frustrating to have someone standing there timing you whenever you know the, the logical thing to do is to have that person working as well. <laughs> the perception as the worker is, well, what the hell... Are they doing standing there? If they want it done faster, help out. I mean, that's just plain logic, right? Um, and I'd still adhere to that. <laughs> I never was the guy with the stopwatch. But, you know, it doesn't, to me, it makes no sense to have that person paying that person a wage to do that. Um, when you're paying them the wage, just have them help out. You know, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with helping out? So, but they had all these numbers and formulas and all this kind of crap to make sure that they would run at a certain average in order to make their money and so forth. And that, that gets into, you know, highfalutin math and so forth. Uh, they know we had a uh, when I worked at UPS most nights were four hour nights you work part time except during Christmas when it could be you know six, seven, eight hours only during Christmas time but during that four hour night they had it all timed out so if, as, long as, I, as long as I was putting out enough boxes then they were loading the boxes and the other trucks because this was a sorting you know sorting thing so they were sorting them out of the trucks and then sorting them into trucks then to go back out to other places um, it, it all worked out but what always drove me crazy is that there's no uh, I suppose over time you can come up with an average but there's no way to know who's sending what where 
So these trucks came in and, you know, who the hell knows where these people have addressed these packages to. Uh, I suppose over the years they could get some kind of averages to say that, you know, uh, packages going to southern Illinois are this many. Um, but that always is going to change. It's never going to be, I mean, the average may float around there somewhere, but uh, the actual individual packages are always in flux. But, uh, again, this is all more highfalutin math, I suppose. So much tied to time. I, maybe I'm trying to remember if I mentioned this here or not, but if I have, I apologize. But... Uh, they used to time, I used to look at the, uh, they had this wall of discs. Uh, I was not a driver, I was never a driver. All I did was work in the sort, different capacities over the, the few years that I worked for UPS. It's a horrible, horrible job. I wish it upon no one. Um, but I did work there for, you know, long enough to have some seniority. Um, but they had these discs, and it used to be, now I don't think they do this anymore because of technology, but the hub of the wheels of the trucks used to have a disc in them, paper discs, that would be written upon as the truck was moving or still. And it was kind of like, uh, it was a circular version of like your, uh, of like an EEG or something. Um, isn't that the one that, uh, for your heart, I think, EEG? Anyway you know, the little blips for the heart. So if the truck was moving, it was it was uh, showing, you know, the truck's movement. And if the truck was still, it would show that it was still. And so they were timing, because they didn't have a guy to stand there with a stopwatch. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm sure that they went out every once in a while with these drivers uh, to intimidate them into going faster or something. Uh, I always looked at that as a form of intimidation. Um, but they would know how long it took for them to go and make a delivery. And the idea was a delivery is not supposed to take longer than like four minutes. Uh, depending on where it's at, if you have to go in the building or whatever. So, or less than that, depending on if it's a house or whatever, you know, a minute or two. Um, and they had it down, you know. And so they would know the routes, and uh, uh, even though that, unlike the, you know, many works the post office, where you deliver mail to every house every day, these guys would be randomly delivering stuff, um, and they would be charted. I just remember this whole thing of wheels, but but I looked upon that, uh, and I still do. I think it's it's a, it's a it is a rationalized form of intimidation for these guys um, to be out there, you know, hauling ass all the time. Now, I will say the only good thing about uh, getting back to my whole uh, job is easier, back to UPS is, as my job got, as I got more accustomed to unloading or loading or sorting or whatever I was doing there, as it got easier, which it did, um, they didn't pile it on. Now, I still had to stay there for just about the same amount of time, but there wasn't anything added to it, you know what I mean? 
um, that was the because it couldn't move I couldn't leave my post as it were um, it uh, it got easier you know now I can't say that in my current situation it seems like every time I get something <laughs> done quicker than I, I should there's a whole big you know pile of work to be done that's next and they just kind of pile it on and pile it on and that's uh, what I'm digging through here these days is the pile on and it is piled on high that's why I've been kind of sporadic with my uh, with my recording is because uh, I do this on the way to work or, or uh, and so forth and, and some mornings I'm just uh, I'm either it's not convenient or or I record and I can't post it until I get home and then I get home and do stuff and then it's the next day. You know how it goes. Holy shit, guy. The the uh, speed limit is more than 20. Guy's on the highway jacking around in his car going like not fast enough. But anyway, it becomes, uh, that it's just a pile on right now. And it's not going to be a non-pile on for quite some time, as far as I can tell. There is no help on the way. I was watching, uh, speaking of work and uh, UPS and all that good kind of stuff. I was watching The Deadliest Catch and, and uh, this week's episode uh, I like to watch it but I don't always get to watch it. Uh, this week's episode had uh, some guy just come on and uh, he was from Idaho or something. He looked like a pretty tough guy and you know within two hours he's crying to the, to the skipper about being made fun of or something. I was thinking, uh, hearkening back to my days at the uh, parcel service, and uh, I- I'm certain that it's not as hard as those guys on Deadliest Catch because uh, it's only four hours a night. But um, uh, and it was, but it was probably uh, for for one of their. Uh, four-hour stints, it probably was as physically uh, demanding, um, if not for a much shortened period of time. Um, and the, you know, not being in that in that blue-collar uh, setting anymore, I guess. Not that I'm, I'm white-collar or something, but I'm, uh, I'm gray-collar or, or light blue-collar, I guess. Um, it's a different world. On, on, on how you're treated, or I should say, you know, but to be, uh, not to totally defend it, but that's the nature of the beast. If you're going to have, uh, you know, five guys working closely together in a dirty, uh, shitty, 
terrible situation of work that is, and I mean it is work in all of its words there's no chatting there's no you know water cooler coffee mug kind of situation um, it is you know filthy and you are working and at the end of the day you know you worked you don't get to just relax uh, uh, you know go out to eat or something um, it is going to be a rough environment. And people are going to call you everything. Um, I always uh, heart, you know, think back on that, and I think uh, I really don't want my kids to have to do that because it was... Uh, at, you get the toughest skin that you're ever going to have in your life in that situation. I mean, most people are uh, are so thin-skinned in the real world with bank jobs and stuff like that, you know. You work with, uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be guys all the time. I worked with uh, women at UPS as well. Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot, but they were tough. And they could uh, they could sling it around, but uh, this I don't know what you call it the you know breaking in the new guy or initiation or uh, just plain meanness. Uh, I mean, you guys listening, you, uh, if you've worked in an industrial type setting, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you do not end the night. If you were to pay attention to everything everybody said, you will not end the night feeling good about yourself. And uh, it is tough. It is tough. But you know, I mean, it's, it's, I haven't been exposed to that in a number of years. And uh, um, my guess is that uh, at least the, the feeling I get, other than when you watch shows like The Deadliest Catch, um, is, you know, it fades away from a lot of other, other areas. But that was, I mean, that's the way it was. That's, and then we talk about uh, school and so forth and getting teased and getting picked on and getting pushed around and, and that's just the way it was. There wasn't a lot of uh, coddling. And uh, nowadays I don't know, know if it's necessarily coddling as much as it just is that uh, they, uh, you know, we don't, it's not as well tolerated maybe or it's not as well uh, You know, they have all these bullying programs and everything. It's like, which is fine, I guess. But I don't know. It, it, sometimes I want, you know, it, there's that old, uh, you know, thing about getting toughened up, I think. But uh, I will say this, and then, of course, I won't mean it. But uh, I don't think it's so terrible not to get toughened up a little bit. But, of course, you know, 
If it was my kids, I'd say, yeah, fuck that. They don't need to be toughened up. They don't need to be treated like shit. You know? But, uh, I don't know. I think a little bit's not so terrible. I think sometimes people go overboard and, and you get in, in, in from the... Uh, there's a line, and where that line is, it's hard to tell, but there is a line that, you know, from toughening up to, you know, abuse. <laughs> the problem is that line keeps moving. Uh, uh, you know... What what was toughening up when we were uh, when I was a kid back in the seventies might be considered abuse nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say. Well, anyway, I'm I'm on the lot here, uh, and uh, I'm at work this morning. Uh, it was like a leisurely drive, but the problem is that the later I come in, it's always like holy shit, somebody's always trying to hit me or something. In the morning, with all the uh, overly responsible people that I usually drive with, they don't try to hit me, so. Well, I will bid you a good day, and I'll see you on the next morning commute.
Once upon a time, a long time ago, in a distant land far away, there lived the strongest man in the world, and the people's best friend, Hercules. One day, while Hercules was riding along in his chariot, he saw a baby boy fall off a tree. Jumping out of his chariot, he ran to the boy to see what happened. Now, so's he can help the boy, he has to get strength. So, he takes a piece of strong garlic and sniffs it. And with his strength, he pushed and pushed and pushed the big tree into the oit. Hercules was awful strong, but very tender. It was garlic that made him strong. Where does the spinach part belong? Uh, don't come to inclusions. You ain't heard everything yet. Like I was saying, one day, a big bull-headed bully come to Hercules' neighborhood. <laughs> so... Hercules thinketh him strongest man on earth. <laughs> In my hands, he'd be like the voice.
philosophy and how. Mind strength. Good. One good blow and thou art through. <gasps> Without garlic. Better than garlic is spinach. So Hercules knocked the big bully for a row of ash cans. So, kiddies, that's why you has to eat your spinach. Huh? Ice cream is hot stuff. You said it, sport.
what you doing there sitting in the fireplace smoking my cigar? say who and they bark too and I haven't got the time for to talk to you for the riding of a goat and the leading of a sheep and I won't be back till the middle of the week for King 5 News at 11. Come home to the best, only on NBC. Tonight on the magical world of Disney. Ooh, what's a poo? You're sitting on one. It's an Academy Award-winning Disney treasure. Hello out there. Winnie the Pooh, Tigger 2, Piglet and Roo staying together through some blustery weather. Silly old bear. Rage-looking creature. Under the strangest conditions. Oh, I'm unraveling. Hang on tight, Piglet. Can I fly? Next Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. It's a very, very blustery day. Next on the Magical World of Disney.
I'm Michael Eisner, and I'm here at our offices in California with Winnie the Pooh and some of his friends. Winnie was just telling me how excited he is about tonight's feature. He's very proud of the fact that it won an Academy Award. Uh, Winnie, is this limo here to pick up you guys? No, huh? Mickey! Hi, Michael! What is going on? Is this limousine for you? <laughs> yep! I'm headed to Walt Disney World! I just wanted to stop and say so long! You're going all the way to Florida? That's right! I'm going down to the new Disney MGM Studios theme park! Michael! Hi, Goofy! Are you driving? Yup! Do you know how to get to Florida? Oh, I thought you could give me directions. Oh, it's real simple. You go on Lake Buena Vista, oh, about uh, 3,000 miles. You come to our tower. That's Walt Disney World. You'll know it when you see it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Michael. You're a big help. Anytime, Goofy. Mickey, so long. Have a terrific so trip. Long. Lake Buena Vista Drive, Lake Buena San, Vista Fernando Drive. Freeway, San Fernando Freeway, Ventura Freeway. Ventura. The magical world of Disney will return after these messages. College for me is a 24-hour is a job. It's 10.52 in time for an early midnight snack. Like, especially at night. I can eat a Snickers and then I can concentrate. Snickers gets rid of my hunger and my mind is on my studying. Snickers bar. Fresh roasted peanuts, peanut butter nougat, caramel and milk chocolate. It feels... it's just good. <laughs> Packed with peanuts, Snickers really satisfies. There's a special land of fun in the Magic Kingdom, Mickey's Birthday Land. Come on, Minnie! <laughs> Here we go! Now at McDonald's, you can share in the magic. Because when you buy your kids McDonald's Mickey's Birthday Land Happy Meal, they'll get one of five exclusive pullback racers. Mickey and his Roadster, Minnie and her convertible, Goofy and his sports car, Pluto and his runabout, and Donald and his locomotive. McDonald's Mickey's Birthday Land Happy Meal, only at McDonald's. See you real soon! It's a smiling Saturday morning with those huggable heroes, the Gummy Bears and the Smurfs. Plus those crazy critters, the Chipmunks. Incredible. Follow the adventures of Alf and Alf Tales. Let's park today. Then it's the ever-funny Fat Albert, Hunky Brewster and Ed Grimley. <laughs> Saturday mornings. Now, back to our program. As soon as... Stay tuned for more Disney Cartoon Classics. The Magical World of Disney, sponsored in part by Snickers Bar, a great tasting snack packed with fresh roasted peanuts, peanut butter nougat, caramel, and milk chocolate. Packed with peanuts, Snickers really satisfies. One of the true things about reporters is that they do snack. It's 10.59 and reporter Eric Best has worked up a hunger. When I get hungry, I lose concentration, and my brain says, we are shutting the system down in 30 seconds whether you're ready or not. Snickers bar, fresh roasted peanuts, peanut butter, nougat, caramel, and milk chocolate. I gave Hunger the Snickers. Hunger was satisfied. I did the story I got through. Packed with peanuts, Snickers really satisfies. Snickers really satisfies you. Ma'am, so what do you think of Wendy's new chicken parmesan sandwich? Authentico, la mia ricetta. Mama says it tastes like hers, too much like hers. Chi ha rubato la mia ricetta? No, Mama, nobody stole your no, recipe. No, la mia sorella Antonetta. I wasn't your sister Antonetta. Try Wendy's delicious new chicken parmesan sandwich. A whole chicken breast filet, real mozzarella and a rich tomato sauce. It's at Wendy's now, but only for a limited time. She didn't sell your recipe to nobody, Mama. Wendy's new chicken parmesan sandwich. The nutrition in Kellogg's Mini Wheats helps keep me strong and limber, but the kid in me loves the frosted side as much as chopping timber! 
The shredded wit keeps my future bright. But the kid in me finds the frosted side a mystical delight. <laughs> Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. Delicious frosting for the kid in you. Shredded wheat nutrition for the adult in you. The fiber in Mini Wheats gives me a great start. When it comes to the great taste, I'm just a kid at heart. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> on Alf, it's your chance to take the Alf love quiz. Would you exchange socks? No. Trade belly button lint? That's disgusting. No sense of romance. Then it's the Hogan family in Las Vegas. Watch Hogan High Rollers hit rock bottom. Guys in secret jackets don't last long in prison. Monday. Now, back to our program. Magical World of Disney will return after these messages. A double pleasure is waiting for you. A double pleasure from Double Mint Gum. A double great feeling making you realize Double Mint's the one for you. Double fresh, double smooth. Not very long ago, America introduced Pepsi to the Soviet Union. And while it may be just a coincidence, a lot of refreshing changes have taken place ever since. Pepsi, a generation ahead. Are you still feeding your six-month-old an infant formula? She's bigger, more active, a different person. She's ready for a different kind of formula. Introducing Good Nature, the follow-up formula for older babies. Good Nature gives active babies the protein and extra calcium they may need along with solid food. And it tastes good. If your baby is on solid food, give her the follow-up formula for the person she's become. Good Nature, from Carnation. Family transportation has come a long way. And here's the next step, the new Geo Prism. Five-door hatchback, four-door sedan. Japanese design, American built. To carry today's families with more convenience, space, and a commitment to quality. Geo Prism, part of the Geologic line. Now, at selected Chevrolet dealers. It's the logical way to go. Now, back to our program. The world of Disney will return after these messages. It goes with the guys that hang in the sky. It goes with the lows. It goes with the highs. It goes with the girls who live in the sun. It's part of the job and part of the
Take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. First, though, I'd like to pass along a tip to the many golfers who listen to Lum and Abner. Take along a flask of Horlicks malted milk tablets the next time you play. They're fine for relieving that healthy, hungry feeling that we all get golfing. As a matter of fact, they're the best things I know of for satisfying hunger without spoiling the appetite. What's more... They help freshen you up, give you extra energy, just as a glass full of Horlicks does. If you're planning a game this weekend, take along a flask of Horlicks tablets and try out this suggestion. You'll find many other uses for these tablets. Your dealer has them or will gladly order them for you in either natural or chocolate flavor, whichever you prefer. And now, let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. Well, with Squire Skimp definitely eliminated as a competitor, and with their troubles in court finally settled, Lum and Abner can now devote all of their time to their picture show, the Pine Ridge Planetarium, and the Jot'em Down store. Lum has abandoned his idea of taking up the practice of law, and has some new plans to increase the attendance at their picture show. As we look in on our old friends today, we find Dick Huddleston over at the Jot'em Down store, just talking. Listen. Well, Squire's a poor loser. Looks like after he took the case to court and lost it, why, well, he'd forget about it. Yeah, he keeps telling out what all he's going to do for him. Oh, well, he gets a lot of mouth holes on it. How could he get even with it? What could he do? Well, now, he's liable to figure out some way along. Best thing to do is just not to have any dealings with him that time. Yeah, I've been sort of looking for him to come over here and make us a proposition of some kind. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't even swap nickels with him. That's the unhonestest fellow that I ever know. 
Well, you just leave him alone now. Just stay away from him. That's the best thing to do. Caleb Weehunt was telling me this morning the squire was in there yesterday over at the blacksmith shop. And some of the boys were joshing about us winning the file off of him. And he said somebody would make us wish we'd have lost the key. Oh, fashion fast. Fashion fast. I don't see how he's going to do that, though. I oh. don't believe I could have wished he'd have lost it. Well, the thing to do is just go on about your own business. Don't pay any attention to what all these things. You've got him out of the way now, and you ought to make some money out of that picture show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing uncommonly well with it now. Oh, yeah. Had one of the biggest crowds last night we've had yet. Well, that was a good picture you had there, too, Ron. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and then uh, last night was bank night, too. That always fetches out a crowd. Yeah. I was sure glad to see the winner Abernathy hold a winning picture. Yeah. If anybody needs it, he's sure uh, he's had an awful hard time. Oh, my, all them young Yeah. She was tickled from the dead whenever I called out her number. Did you see it? <laughs> my night tore the seats down getting up there on the platform. <laughs> well, all those things up draw crowd, do them. Well, see, that fellow that sells us them moving pictures was out here this morning. He was telling me about a new stunt they're working around over the country. Might be a good thing for us to try. Call it Screeno. Screeno? Yeah. You know this game they call bingo. They all the playing at the county fair and picnics around where they sell you a card and then call out a batch of numbers and you put a bean down on the card or a piece of uh, kernel of corn. Sometimes they give you them things to work with. And every time they call our number, why you put a bean or a piece of corn or whatever it is down on one of the numbers. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll play that. <laughs> yeah, I, I want a, a Cupid doll once at a fair. A Cupid doll? Elizabeth started sitting on the mantelpiece over at the place right now. Well, you look good with carrying a Cupid doll around. Well, you. I don't carry it around. I said Elizabeth had it sitting on the mantelpiece. I ain't seen it. Well, now, this Screeno, he says, works the same way. Uh, give away Cupid dolls? No, no, you give away cash prizes. See, oh. everybody comes in the show, you hand them a card with their ticket. And when you get ready for the drawing, why, we'll turn the lights on there in the theater and call out the numbers, and first one that yells out screen O wins the prize. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't believe that'll work so long. Well, he says it helps business something wonderful in other places. Well, if a person that hollers screen O wins the prize, why, they'll all be hollering as quick as they get inside the show. Why, they'll catch on to that one. Yeah, but they can't holler screen O unless they got all the numbers on their card givers. Oh, I believe they could with a little practice on Screen O. See, that? I can do it already. But I catch on to things pretty quick, boy. They've got to wait till the numbers are called out, Abner. Well, that sounds like a good idea to me, Lum. I never heard of using a game like that in a picture show before. Oh, hick brain spanking me. Well, now, personal, I think we ought to stay with the picture show business. Folks comes over there to see moving pictures, not to get an old gambling game. Same gambling. Don't cost them nothing. Just gives them a chance to see a show and win a prize, too. Well, I'm a it anyway. I'm feared we're going to have trouble figuring out who hollers for us. They'll all be hollering at the same time, I bet you. Abner, you must have forgot how to play bingo. See, I'll get up there on the platform like I do on bank nights and call out the numbers. For incidence, I'll call out number 23. 23. And everybody will look on the card, and if they've got that number, why, they take a pencil and mark an X on it. Uh, what you going to call out number 23 for? Well, I might not call 23. You said you would. Well, I might call number 18 or number 12. 
Well, how do you expect them to know which number you're going to call if you don't even know yourself? Well, I'll know before I call out the number. Well, you'll probably have to draw the numbers out of a box like you do on bank night, won't you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Get some young'un to come up out of the audience. Sure. Well, somehow that ought to work all right. You know, there's lots of little stunts you can do like that that'll help you business. Well, I still don't like that. Well, the trouble with you, Abner, you're just too old-fashioned in your eyes. But it's got to keep up with the times, up to date. Yeah, that's just the trouble this day and time, too. Everybody's busy trying out somebody else's ideas. Trying to outdo one another. I ain't trying to outdo nobody. I'm just trying to figure out some way to fill up them empty seats over there every night. Well, Lom, if you're going to hand out a batch of cash prizes, it ain't going to do no good to fill up a seat. Take in money at the box office and then stand up there on the stage and hand it back to him. You ain't getting no place that way. Abner, this is something that's been tried out before. I know it'll work. Well, now, Lom, when we went into this thing, we was going to run a picture show. Now we're going to start playing games. Want to make some amusement parlors out of it. Oh, my goodness. Want to put in a shooting gallery and get a couple of cat racks along with it. Well, now, I can prove it, but Dick, here, that this idea will bring no, us no, a lot now, of... Now, now, don't get me mixed up into this now. You fellas just argue this out between yourself. I better be getting on back over the store anyway. I've got a bunch of work to do. Don't right. sit down, Dick. Sit down. We ain't going to argue. No, I'm not going anyway, Lom. I ought to have been back long ago. Well, come back again, Dick. Yeah, I will. You fellas come down low with me when you get time. All right, Dick. Go on. Well, now, you made it plumb embarrassment for him, man, arguing that way. Well, I don't care if I do. I'm getting tired of the way that picture show's being run. You can study up more ways to give money away off on that stage, and we can take into the box office to save our lives, Lon. The trouble with you is you don't know nothing about the picture show business yourself, and you set up and try to tell me how to run it. Well, somebody's got to tell you how. I own a half interest in that thing now, Lum, and I ain't going to stand back and see you give the whole business away. That's all I've heard ever since we've been in the show business. You're scared to death you're going to lose. I wish you out of it. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I do, too. Well, now, any time you want out of it, you can get out. I'll buy your half of it in a minute. Huh? Well, I ain't got the money to buy it with, but I would if I had it. I'll swap you my interest in the Jotham Down store here first. You mean that you'll give me your half interest in the store here for, for my half interest in the picture show? Yes, sir. Swap even right now. Well, now you're getting a skinny lump. I'll tell you that right now. You know what the store building here and all this ground worth more than that picture show because we don't own a picture show building. I don't care. It'll be worth it to get you out of there to where I can run things to suit myself for once. Well, all right. I don't get hit the deal. Just draw up the paper. Well, now, there ain't no backing out. If we're going to trade, it's got to be a trade. Well, that suits me just fine. Dog, I'll take this store and show you how it ought to been run all along. Now, don't be coming around to me now when you see me making a big success out of the planet time, wanting to swap back. Well, you keep giving stuff away over there, and you won't have nothing to swap back. Well, now, I'll run the picture show. You, you have your hands full going broke over here. I'll just give you 30 days to stay open. Well, now, just get them papers drawn out and get out of my store now. And read the last. You've got to pay cash for everything you get over here, too. I don't want to credit nobody that I know is going broke. All right, if that's the way you feel about it, you don't get no pass to my show, neither. Huh? You'll pay just like anybody else. Oh, no, I won't. Oh, yes, you will. No, I won't, neither. I just won't go to your show. That's the worst thing you know. Hand me that carbon paper. I'll pick up them papers right now. Yeah. I'll show you. You don't know when you're well off. 
When me and you went in partners, what did you have? Nothing. Now look at you. What have you got now? Nothing. See there? Been partners together for over 20 years, and you ain't lost nothing. Been breaking even anyway. That's better than lots of these big companies can say. Now, now, you ain't going to talk me out of this trade, Mom. I can tell you that right now. You just go ahead and make out them papers right now. I want to get my name signed to it and get you out of here. I'm making them out if you're hate bothering Well, make them out. To who it may concern. I'm going to go that screen old business out here at the store. I believe that's out there. Then is this order to fix it up? Get folks in here and I can give them a ticket with a hand or something like they buy and I can give away a pie. Shut up, Abner. I can't write. Well, you. go ahead and make out the papers. I ain't bothering you. I'm just figuring out some ideas. How's this sounding out? This is to certify that Mom Edwards, party of the first part, does hereby... Now, don't get too many of them parties in there to where I can't understand what you got down there. Write it in little bitty words. Will you shut up and listen to this? Oh, this is to certify that Lum Edwards, party of the first part, does hereby transfer his half interest in the Jotham Down store to Abner Peabody, party of the second part. And I'm a second part. All of your, all of the second part. Huh? And Abner Peabody turns over to Lum Edwards his half interest in the planet. Oh, now, wait. Uh, 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 no, that's right. That's right. Uh, that ought to fix it up. See, I put this on there, too. From now on... Edwards will be sole owner of the planetarium, and Peabody will own all of the Jotham Down store. That means that you own a paper store and I own a store here. Sign. There's my name right there. Just sign yours right underneath there, and the deal's closed. Well, it looks like the partnership of Edwards and Peabody has come to an end. And now, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce Mr. Jim Collins? I'm one of those light sleepers Mr. Brickett sometimes talks about. At least I was until I took his advice and started drinking Horlicks. He said it helps one sleep better if taking the last thing at night. And say, I'm telling you, it most certainly does. Sleep like a top would be nearer the truth and sleep better. Well, thanks, Mr. Collins. I hope you light sleepers heard that. And now, Mrs. Beverly. I wasn't what you call a light sleeper, Mr. Griffith. I hardly slept at all before I heard about Horlicks. I started taking it two months ago, and honestly, I feel like a different person. It doesn't only help me get plenty of real sleep, but it seems to keep me feeling much better during the day. More alert and energetic. Horlicks is delicious, too. Well, I can easily believe that, Mrs. Beverly. Horlicks is wonderfully strengthening. But most of the credit should go to that extra sleep that Horlicks induces. There's no substitute for a good night's rest. Those of you listening in who have any trouble getting the sleep you need should try the Horlicks plan. You can get Horlicks, you know, from your druggist in either natural or chocolate flavor. This is Carlton Bricker, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all goodbye until tomorrow at this same time.
Yeah, you don't call me dance. <laughs> you don't tell me dance, don't worry. <laughs> no, no, really, it's my fault. Oh, no, really. No, really. Do not. <laughs> That last one. Alan and I are kind of battling for last one.
Comment ça date they can. Thank you. 
bad, James. Not too shabby, Paul. should have had that one. No, I wasn't aiming for it. <laughs> I was glad I got two. I wasn't taking that shit. <laughs> Oh, 
Our kid can't both shit. <laughs> places with them. Monopoly, Candyland, any card game. You're really not helping. Trivia. It's the 10th frame, right?